Hey, y'all. It's Anna V. And you, my friend, are listening to the All-American Wing Shooting Podcast. I am a hunter, conservationist, mom of two girls I have raised in the outdoors, and a proud owner of a truck full of dogs. My passion is guiding you to confidence, sharing in tradition, and celebrating the true meaning of success in the field. Here we go. And today we have Lee Howard with Mossy Pond Retrievers down in Patterson, Georgia. Lee, it is so good to see your face. Good to be seen. Good to be seen. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, I actually wish I was down there. I miss that place. Like, I thought I would cry the whole way home leaving my dog with you, but I was so excited to um, just take on all these cool things that we put into plan. And of course, running dogs is my favorite thing. Especially in your hands. You're one of the best coaches I've ever heard. Thank you. Thank you. And we've had a beautiful week, too. This week has been, weather-wise, has been cool morning, sunshine, perfect week for training dogs. I know. I see all the videos. Um, Your team does a great job on social media showcasing what happens in the field, which it's hard to explain to people that don't understand the ins and outs of dog training. But how many trainers do you guys actually have on staff? We have five on staff. Yeah. There's five. It looks like... Um, a fairgrounds for gun dogs. <laughs> what it feels like sometimes, too. It's busy. Uh, a lot of dogs, a lot of trainers, a lot of helpers, um, a lot of moving parts. But um, there's always a dog on the ground to look at. If you like watching dogs train, um, there's always one on the ground being worked right now uh, here. And um, it's going great. It's going really well. Well, I came down last week, pulled down the driveway, which, of course, like is so welcoming. You come in, you see the sign, you just get really giddy. I had my short hairs with me. Of course, you hit the gravel road. They start lighting up. Go through the pines. It opens up, and there was Carter. For the first guy that I saw, his truck and trailer, I had to pull over. I had to hug his neck. I am so proud of him. I'm just so happy for him. Um, so we have to discuss the grand um, I'm, because I wasn't there, and I wanted to come so bad. But we had open season in New York filming for The Foul Life, and we just couldn't be at two places at once. Oh, yeah. Carter has had a phenomenal year, um, every aspect of the game. The SRS, the HRC, the AKC this year. Um, what he did at the Crown this year, three in the finals, first, third, and fifth, um, that's an amazing job. That's the hardest working trainer I know. Um, he he wants to beat you. He wants to be better than you, and he does it every day, not just, not just when we're at the competitions. I mean, every day he wants to beat you, and he's thinking about beating you, and that's why – that's why this year he has um, had a good grand. Didn't have a large grand crew, nine dogs in a five for nine. Lost a couple really, really talented dogs um, that were very, very dis- disappointing. You know, when you lose those dogs that are confident in and know they can do the work. Um, but on the flip side of that, had a couple of dogs get their first grand pass, um, younger dogs. So that's uh, that's always exciting seeing those first grand passes and those dogs that even at a young age, working so hard. So had a good grand overall. Very proud of that. Very pleased with uh, how that went. And um, now he's come straight home from the grand, going to be home for two or three days, geared up, and head to the Master National. So for everybody that's just getting into the dog world, it is my obsession. So we just went through three massive events for the year. So the SRS is like what I like to say is the Olympics of the the testing world and 
I got to go to my first one, which was the university where, where they introduce all the college kids and they get coached. And so I wanted to hang out with the Mossy Pond crew down there. I've never been so impressed with kids. I mean, JC was a cowgirl. So we saw tough youth competition for 10 years or longer. But um, are you there? I'm here. Okay. I, this is my first time with this, and I'm just making sure it didn't glitch. Um, but going back to the SRS University, it poured rain, and you've got kids that this is not their dog. You know, they're running a dog off the trailer. The pressure of saying, this is their rock star dog, and I barely know what I'm doing. You know, maybe 10 practices with Carter um, before that. And to watch all the parents sent there and see dog life in a totally different aspect. Most of the time people never understand the potential the dog has. No, they don't. No, they're very, they're capable a lot more than people give them credit for a lot of times. And um, that's our goal as a a training facility is to reach that potential. Um, I love it when a client gets here and they, we do something with their dog and they're like, wow, I didn't think they would ever do that. You know, that's, (laughs) um, that's what we work for to see those dogs doing those things. It is impressive. I've, I've been doing it for 15, 16 years now, and I still am impressed watching a good dog work. Me too. I I get so addicted to the process. It's almost like you get to be a kid for forever. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you do. You get to see this, and it's something new every day. Um, watching a young dog get started, doesn't know anything, and then watch that building process, watch him learn, and put it all together at the end. It is. It's, it's that's exciting to me. That's why I love it. It is. And then Carter himself is young. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I was referring to him as a kid and somebody was like, um, I'm pretty sure he has a kid. And I'm like, but he looks like he's 18 and he had so much success out of the gate. You cannot help but jump on and be a fan of the trainer and the dogs. Like as a team yeah. themselves, it's like, I told him, I said, I'm just going to, put all this gear on, put the dog's names on the back of the shirt, like tailgate at the test because you're just like, you just want everybody to win. Um, SRS, of course you can't. Once we get in over to the HRC world, everyone Mm -hmm. can win because you're competing against a test instead of other dogs in their score. And so when um, I talk to women, Yeah. yeah, it's like the number one story, especially in the Upland world is I got started because of a dog. Mm-hmm. And nobody really understands how far that dog is going to not just go with its own potential, but how much it's going to push you with your potential. And just, you know, you discover, man, I had no idea that this opportunity was here. Um, it takes hunting to a whole nother level when you pair it with your own dog. It does. And a lot of times people don't, uh, you talk about getting led into the world by the dog. Um, many times we've had dogs dropped off here that were going to be, you know, I just want to get a little gun dog to carry hunting, hunting with me. And it turns into dogs running tests because they come and visit the dog. and like, wow, he's already doing this. And then they come back again. Like, holy cow, he's already doing this. Well, can he go to that next level? Can he go to that next level? Can he go to that next level? I mean, a lot of people are no different than your kids. Oh, I know. You, know, uh, you want to see them reach their potential and you don't want to cut them short of their potential. Um, and, uh, so the, the hunt test and the competition stuff, you know, a lot of it stems from the fact that people want to see their dogs reach that potential that they didn't realize the dog had. Um, and so that's where it comes from. And it, it's a good opportunity for, for owners, um, 
to have something to do with their dog outside of hunting. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Good practice gives you something to work for in the off season. Um, it's something to do. That's a great community in itself when you get into the hunt test world. The best um, community. Great community. It really is. It's a tight knit, uh, small world community. And uh, you might know people from all over the country, but it's all dog related and it's a small world when you look at it. It's- I think that's become my favorite thing about social media is on Monday, it's like, okay, I got to go look at all my girlfriends and see who got ribbons this weekend. <laughs> and it's more like, um, it's so funny because Mitt Petrie is up in Minnesota. And so, of course, he's over there at Tom Dockin land up there, you know, and Tina's a good friend of mine. Uh, there's not that many bird dog girls like us, so we tend to definitely uh, get connected really fast. And so I'll never forget going to his house for the first time. And I took a picture of me and his black lab. Now, you know how most black labs, they all just look the same, especially when you put them in a picture, right? <laughs> it's like they is they just kind of like go black in the picture. I sent this to Tina and I'm like, look who I'm hanging out with. She popped back with the dog's name, Luna. And I'm like, how in the world did she know this was Luna? Because I'm like, did I advertise where I was going? Like, I don't remember, but it was so funny. And so now all the time, like, Mitch is posting pictures of Luna and like Aunt Anna V, check out what Luna's done today. And it's so funny. Like I had to post uh, last week. I'm like, how many people adopt their friend's dogs? You know, like you can't help but just cheer them on. Exactly. And if they're good enough, you definitely want to adopt them because then you got them hunting and <laughs> Yeah. Major benefits. So hey. talking about getting involved, um, I lived it up tournament hunting and boy that rush is something that i can get on my soapbox and relive over and over and over and i'm sure people are sick and tired of hearing about it so we you and i committed to get me going into a different direction so i got a new hurdle that i cannot wait to master and and it's going to involve hallie joe and it's it's the perfect timing because you and i have talked about this for a long time i mean honestly the the circle of how i got to mossy pond was like five years ago, I was thinking somehow that you guys were closer to Athens and that could not be further from the truth. But um, Jeff Barnes, I was like, do you know any of these guys over there at Mossy Pond? They're so involved with Ducks Unlimited. Like I need to meet these guys, you know? And so he sends me to Chad Payne. So I call Chad Payne. Like, of course, I don't know any of these people at the time, except for Jeff. I'm like, I got to get my kid involved in dogs. Like she is obsessed with dogs and this short hair is too wild for the the five-year-old and so he sent me to brad and i made an appointment to come run dogs there and looked up the website and was like holy smokes that's five hours away we can't make that commitment i mean i was i told brad we'll be there two days a week we're committed to this and um then i found out y'all are far away how did that happen i got so excited about the dogs i didn't even pay attention to the details (laughs) yep i remember so now we'll just load up and come. If we have to go back to homeschool, we will. That'll work too. <laughs> yeah. So it's been really cool because since that happened, Brad's opened a ton of doors for me in the industry, introducing me to people, helping me find places where I fit. Um, and and then we got to circle back around. So I love that story. I love showing people that the relationships that you make literally last a lifetime. They can, for sure. Absolutely. So here we go, HRC. Now, I've never ran an HRC hunt test before. Taterbug's been in the AKC. So 
we chose the more hunting like route because we definitely have hunting dogs and we love that culture. It is. And that is, um, that's what the HRC is, is built around. It is that hunting culture. I mean, that's what it was originated for. Um, was for the man, woman with the hunting dog to still be able to go out and test. Um, you use a real gun. We're shooting poppers, but you, as a handler, have to shoot the gun on the line. You're blowing your duck call. You're you're in camo, top to bottom. Um, so they are reviving it around hunting and your gun dogs and in uh, that aspect, that that aspect of the game in the world. So it is a good one um, to get involved with if you are a hunter and want to continue to work in your hunting dog uh, in the off season. Um, it's it's a nice easy entry um easy. hunt it's easy if you have a pro training your dog i mean it's it's not it, even without a pro but yes a pro definitely does help get you involved teach you the ropes um introduce you to how it's going to work i mean in a normal training day um you witnessed it the other day when you were here a setup that we run i mean that's like you want to see an hrc test you're going to have your holding line you're going to have your duck racks you're going to have all these things um and so from a, from a pro standpoint, if you have your dog with a pro, you get to see those things and get more comfortable with them uh, definitely uh, before you get there. Before um, your back passed by fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, we, don't want any of that, we don't want that to happen uh, with any of our clients or any of our dogs. Um, the handler is an important aspect in the test. So we want the handler as prepared as the dog is. So it is I can't wait to post our videos because we did make videos how to. And this was my first time. Sitting like as all the experiences that I have, I've never um, mock ran a HRC test, so that really was the first one. The only thing we didn't do is blow a duck call, so let's talk about that. Blow the duck call. I mean, I had mine in the truck, but I really wasn't ready to blow it in front of an audience. <laughs> well, I'm a good one to blow it in front of for the first time because I tell you what you're doing wrong because it's probably better than what I. <laughs> okay, so let's just put that out there because I would say that a high percentage of women would be, okay, I got to figure out how to run my dog. Okay. I pull the trigger on a gun that I don't have to shoot anything because it's a Blake shell. Okay. I can do that. But you're telling me I actually have to blow a duck call in front of people. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, and listen, I'm a, a man in a man's world and I can't blow a duck call like I should be able to. Um, it is, it, it, it is, it's embarrassing for me. Um, <laughs> but hey, listen, I don't call the ducks in. I pick the dogs up. I pick the ducks up. Right. You know, that's what, what I do. Right. I, we all have our strength. I go with somebody that can call them into me. I'll get them picked up for Oh, uh, That's why I like that late is, snow goose season. That, that or electronic just hitting the there's, there's no calling. Just send my dog. I can shoot them and I can bring them back. <laughs> uh, that, that is an intimidating factor when you, when you think about it for uh, for a lady, for anybody involved, but for a lady especially, because uh, there are a lot less ladies that are blowing duck calls. Um, that's another thing about the HRC world. It's not, it, it is about the hunter and for the hunter, but not everybody's a hunter. Yeah. And not everybody duck calls. So you go for the first time and you're concerned about blowing that duck call. If you're just listening to three or four people in front of you, there's a good possibility you're going to blow it better than they do. So <laughs> well, not something to be intimidated. Not something that the judges or anybody in the gallery or anybody there is going to question your ability. Yeah, it's um, not on the scorecard. Fun at you about because we've all been there. Uh, everybody's going on a duck call for the first time, and I don't know anybody that's done it for the first time, and it was very good. So, 
I did fine on a podcast. I had Chris Cifrio at Jargon come on. And I'm like, I'm not a girl that sits on the sidelines. So, you know, I have started everything in my entire career in front of an audience. We might as well just break the ice here. And I love it. Like, I am obsessed with this, with the skills. I love the craftsmanship of the call itself, the nostalgia, the tradition, the history. It's art within itself, right? But then I'll never forget the first time that I saw what that call does. And in the right hands, it's, um, it's, oh, it's, it really is magical. And, uh, it is, it is. And I've been fortunate to to hunt with and have some great friends that are really good with that duck call. You know, on stage and in the in the in the woods or in, in the pit or wherever we might be. Um, and I, I should probably learn a little better. And I'm sure most of them would teach me because they're probably embarrassed to even know that. Can't do it. But when it comes to the hunt test world and the HRC game, that's not a you ain't got to blow a competition call and, and or, or get made fun of. That's not going to happen. No, way, so. it's a personal thing for me. So I've said, okay, I'm going to commit 30 minutes a day to blowing the duck call. And Chad had me blowing a goose call in the blind. Because we didn't have any geese flying. So I was <laughs> so like, I said, I'm going to learn. Like, let's just start right now. Well, he doesn't have very good patience with me. But um, I, just, no. I could not believe how freaking hard it was. And he was like, and he was telling me, I can't believe you hadn't got this yet. I'm like, I know. I normally pick things up and just like figure it out. But I'm telling you, it was such a struggle. So I'm like, okay, I'm not giving up. I've heard bad guys in the blind blow bad calls against, like, with him. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where people are almost just cheering you on for putting yourself out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's one of those things, either God gave you that gift or he didn't. Kind of like singing. Like, either you're Whitney Houston or you need to just sing on the back pew at the at, in Sunday church. You know, I'm sitting on the back pew. <laughs> Me too. Me too. In the in the hunt test game, it's a very small part of it, and nobody's going to poke fun of you. But isn't it funny you how ready? it ends up being a big deal to people in their mind? It does. It does. It does. And it's a. I mean, it's a, it's a mental thing for anybody that wants to do good. And it don't matter, you know, what you're doing. If it's an aspect, you know, just like the duck call being an aspect of starting that test off. If you want to be good at it, people want to be good, you know, at the duck call too. So. Um, it is, it is a bigger deal than people make it out to be, but well, I'm glad we got it out there. I don't want it to hold anybody back because really it is all about the dog. All about the dog. The gun safety in the HRC is very, very important. Um, I know you and I were talking about that uh, while you were here the other day and it's, it is the only reason that we can still use the gun in the HRC is because of the safety aspect that's preached every time you, every series, not just before the test starts Saturday or Sunday morning, but before the first series starts, before the second series starts, before the next test starts on the next morning, it is going over in the handlers meeting um, about gun safety. Very, very important aspect of it is gun safety. Mm -hmm. Safety on, breach open. How to guarantee a gun is safe. If the safety's on, that breach is open, that thing, it cannot fire. So uh, that is a very important aspect of it, and um, and, and it should be. Oh, yeah. Be. I love it because... I go to like Southern etiquette of the way that guns should be. Now in this, in the, in the hunt test world, it's a um, 12 gauge pump. So if your breech is open and your safety's on, then you're good. <clears throat> but what happens, like there's no 
there's no um over under action in that no. the over under action people like man they there's not enough gun safety preached about muzzle placement just because your action is open doesn't mean that your gun is safe you know what what yeah. really matters is the the direction that your muzzle is pointed in and it is literally my pet peeve i am a total snob about people throwing their muzzle over their shoulder like i want to cringe and i yeah. probably offend too many people and put my nose where it don't belong but if i see somebody in public with that i have to ask them to put their muzzle around because oh yeah you know it's just it's just a gun safety thing that has been ingrained in me that's the other thing they preach at the hrc besides the the safety of the breach is you know where is that muzzle pointing and you're right though it's worse with people to be honest with you that are what you would consider more skilled mm -hmm. shooters more skilled hunters they get complacent about that that kind of stuff and it's uh but a very important aspect of the hrc world and it's preached every beginning of every series and i think it should be i think it's important and i think it's uh something that should be taught i know you and i talked about it and you went over, we went over it briefly while you were here, and we will go over it more and more and more um, every time we use it yeah. to be drilled how it should be. That is such a plus, too, for people that are new, that want to get involved and don't really know where to start because HRC is so honed in on safety. It's a great yeah. place to get women and kids started in handling dogs because there's a lot going on, <clears throat> there's a ton of moving parts. And then learning to run your dog and then learning to shoot at separate times is the only yep. way to do it, you know? And so I just, I'm so pumped about this. I can hardly stand it. I'm like, okay, well, I just went there last week, so I can't just pack up and come back, but I will be back in the next two weeks. Yeah. Now I know a lot of ladies that have started off running their dogs in the AKC. They moved over to the HRC. They started running their dogs and using the shotgun and then started hunting. Mm-hmm. Because they saw that they can do it together. They can run the dog, handle the gun safely. Yeah. And so that, that catapulted them into hunting, um, which is also really, really good. Okay, so that kind of leads us into a big announcement I have. Okay, since we, um, we met down at Mossy Pond last week, I have put together a new division within Anna V Outdoors. Women of Wing Shooting. Bandit's presenting us. Um, we're getting webinars started. So we'll have a monthly webinar giving ladies tips and roundtable and just personal encouragement of like struggles that I've had or how I've learned the hard way. You know, easy things like what we're talking about, how to get involved, um, gun selection, gear, clothing, like all the questions that I get on social media. I'm like, I want to build a community where I can serve women where they are. And then when they find their confidence, give them the opportunities to come out and put it in action. So you and I talked last week about how we have the perfect place on Mossy Pond to host ladies. I mean, there's there's as nice lodges, but I don't know if it gets any nicer than there. Um, so, you know, it nobody's roughing it. Women are going to come there. They're going to feel so comfortable. You guys have so many females on staff that I don't think's ever really talked about, but you have rock stars in your offices and marketing, you know, all throughout your, um, the kennel and, and the lodge itself. It's just a perfect place. Like Mossy Pond has such a name for dog training that I don't know if the gun dog community really knows what all you guys offer. And I don't know that they do either. It's a, um, you know, with the gun dog training and the, and the, the training we have here, 
the outfitter side of the business, uh, with the duck hunts, quail, walk up pheasant, hogs, all the hunting that's involved in the, the work that goes into the hunting and how successful that operation has become and the work, the people that are putting the work into that. Um, it really is a great, great opportunity to have a dog train, hunt that dog here with us. Yeah. Um, all, all the same place. And I, you know, just coming in hunting in general, um, if your dog wasn't trained here, if you don't have a dog here, just coming in hunting, we got our, you know, we have our five stand, we have our ski range, we have our sporting play course. 13 station, you know, unbelievably nice, beautiful um, clay course. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so to practice your shooting and, uh, and then get warmed up and get ready. And then the wing shooting, like I said, the, the quail, the pheasant, the ducks, um, you know, it's a easy access and it's not controlled, but kind of controlled, um, very comfortable setting for people to get into mm-hmm. uh, with some shooting, guaranteed hunting, um, that you can get your practice in and, and have a blast doing it. And build your confidence and and real like and, and get the understanding of the feel for working a dog and carrying a gun like. Tater is still never been turned loose in the field. Um, she, you know, having the opportunity to say, we can go hunt over pointers or retrievers because the difference is, which people may not know, your pointer is going to go on point. Now, if it hasn't been steadied for that, like my dogs aren't steadied to that because we ran a clock game. And when that when that bird flew, as soon as it was safe, it was down. I mean, it would have been awesome if I would have just dropped it right in their mouth, right? And brought it right back. So I hoped that they were as close yeah. yeah, as close yeah. to that bird as as they could be. Um, I have missed finals at like three quarters of a second or so. I mean, like some, not even a full second I've missed finals for. So I knew that every second mattered. So now I feel like my short hairs are worthless besides holding down the couch. But <laughs> when you um when you get to that point of introducing of women, you know, if you want to go the pointer out, then you have a dog that's going to be steady through shot. So that dog is going to stay in point when it locates the bird. You're able to flush the bird or have somebody flush the bird, shoot the bird. Even the dog could be released by name, depending on how steady. I mean, it could go as far as, as you want him. That ensures that women don't or, you know, first time hunters don't have the concern of missing because there's no way that your brain is going to allow you to stay on a moving target if you are concerned about an object also moving in the same direction right so you're always going to be off and then what's super cool about a retriever is the whistle sit you just toot your whistle that dog parks itself and you're good to go and so that's what's so cool about what you guys offer is that Anybody can come if, if you if you want to get your kids started, if you want to. I mean, my grandmother is 85 now at 83. She was still shooting deer. Now, if we had if I'd gotten her into hunting when she had been in her 60s, if I'd started wing shooting, then I would be taking my grandma out there. You know, like like anybody, yeah. anybody can get started where you guys are. And, and um, got to, to get like a. The little kids, like the three, four, five-year-old kids that are so tiny that love their puppy dog at home, you guys give them an opportunity to go duck hunting in flooded timber where they're not freezing. Like they have the luxury of getting to experience their dog and what their dog's meant to do without just having daddy stories because the real world yeah. is too harsh. Yeah, exactly. No, and that's <clears throat> that's exactly what we worth what we want. Um, our dog. Our dogs, from a training perspective, when they go home, we want them to be family dogs. 
We want them to be a part of the family. And from that aspect, we want the family involved with the hunting. You're talking about the kids, three, four, five, six, seven, numerous occasions and every opportunity we can get. When a family comes to pick up their dog, the trainer, the dog, and that child, maybe four, five, six years old, they take time together. Oh. Learn how to let that child learn the commands and what they, you know, and get that dog to work for that child. Um, same thing from the, with the husbands and wives. We want everybody involved in handling that dog. Um, so the dog will work for the entire family and, and truly be a part of. Well, you can feel that family aspect coming to Mossy Pond. Like when I was just there, your two boys, they palled around with us all day long, you know, and, yeah. and you feel comfortable to bring your kids there and, Really, it's, oh, yeah. when you go, it's a place that you don't want to leave, no matter how old you are. The kids never want to leave because it is literally just 1,500 acres of playground. And then for the adults, it turns into being the same thing. It feels like camp. Absolutely, it is. It's a, uh, I mean, like you said, 1,500 acres of birds and ducks. <laughs> I mean, birds, birds and dogs, birds and dogs. And, and luxury yes. accommodations. Like, what more could you ask for? Yeah, good food, good place to stay, and uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, hard to get away from. So I think we pretty much tempted everybody listening to make a trip to Mossy Pond. Um, of course, uh, mossypondretrievers.com has everything listed on it if you just want to build uh, book a hunt um, or go down for the day. But what is the process if you have a dog or if you're looking to get a dog because you know how my take is on finding a puppy is that I would yeah. start with my pro to help me find the next dog. And, and you and I've had this conversation even about my next dog. I say, I love littles, but I chose not to do her training because as you know, you've been working with her. I totally let her go and she just became a shotgun rider. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, knew, I was like, man, I know you're going to go down there and I should probably like, get you all tuned back up to go to training but i'm like nah we're just gonna love each other and you're just gonna ride around with me and they can do they can put the buttons on you the way they want it there you go <laughs> no the problem finding the dog or, or, or getting a dog down here to us very simple call me call me anytime tell me what you have tell me what you want that dog to do tell me if you don't have the dog tell me what you're looking for um I can find you the puppy. I can find you the older dog. If you already have the dog, like I say, let's uh, let's make a game plan. What you want to use the dog for? Um, we have different programs based on what you want, from just obedience all the way up to your elite level competition SRS style dogs. So, just call me. Look on the website. Um, call me. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I'll <laughs> it really you. is that easy. It is that easy. I will, I will talk to you. I love it when people call me and they have these puppies, you know, their puppy's only eight, nine, ten weeks old. They just got the puppy. My favorite thing to tell them is, listen, any questions that come along between now and time to come to training when they're five to six months old, please call me. Um, and I like it when they do call me and say, hey, Lee, my puppy's doing this. What do I need to do? Or should I do this with my puppy? I love that aspect of it because I, I feel more involved. I feel like when that puppy gets to me, I already know that puppy. Um, yeah. I encourage people to do that. You know, call me when you get that puppy and it's eight or ten, eight or nine weeks old. Call me. Uh, get on the list to get in the training. Stay in contact with me throughout the process. I can give you the do's and don'ts, in my opinion, on, on what to do with that puppy. Um, and there's a lot of it's not, there's a lot of do's and don'ts that I think are important when you're looking at getting a dog training and producing that gun dog or that competition retriever. There's there's important things to do and not to do at a young age. You know that that 
eight-week-old to five-month-old in that time frame. Uh, there's some important stuff that needs to be done. And Let's just talk about that. Done. Like, don't take your little puppy to the sporting clay course. Let's not do that. Yeah. Introduction to <laughs> our proper introduction to water, birds, things like that. that you know, I can talk you through those things and uh, I can give you the, the proper way to do it. Um, you know, the proper way to, to teach that, to, to spike that prey drive and that retrieval drive. There's there's certain things that you can do to, to really increase it and make it uh, what you want in the end. Okay, you said something that you just kind of skimmed over, but to me, I found to be extremely valuable after I got a puppy for my first dog. And um, I was a tournament hunter before I actually went hunting. And so the way that I got introduced to wing shooting in general, I did it completely backwards. And you making the point of saying, looking for an older dog, the the rookies in the industry, if you're if you're just getting into hunting, it's so tempted to get puppy fever. Oh my God. Like I'm the world's worst. I went from one short hair to six. Like I still have a dog trailer that hauls eight and I have a three hole um, box in my truck. So, um, but I wish that somebody had told me, Hey, like you need an older experienced, steady dog. It's going to ensure you success. It's going to get you going off the ground. It's going to relieve a lot of stress out of your life without having that rocket you know young dog um mm-hmm. getting one with experience and manners and that seen the world changes so much just from travel airing out in public places i mean the things that people mm-hmm. don't really talk about it's super valuable if you're starting out to have an older dog it can be i just i wish that that had happened to me with the short hair world yeah, and there it, it can be depending on your situation and what you have what your desires are um, it is, it is a better option for some people to go ahead and buy one that's already started. Um, and then and you don't have to wait there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of people that want that puppy experience. And I, you know, I appreciate that too. Well, I see and, you get um, two dogs. I already started talking to you about my next lab, which I don't know if I want to have another litter, but of course, like I love littles and it'd be so fun to say, Oh, I have my little littles. But at the same time, what if I'm further on in the HRC world and I get bit by that bug or the the SRS world and I need a rock star and she just isn't going to produce that dog. Well, I'm, I'm already accepting the fact that I'm just going to have to swallow that pill, whatever it may be. There you go. Yeah. And it's fun. Um, like it is so much fun to go through the journey of, um, of building a dog. It is. It really is. I mean, that's why I do what I do and why all my guys out here do what they do. Um, Oh, there was another point you made about that. You do have five trainers on staff and you said um, to call you to get your dog on the list because just because you guys have a lot of trainers is because you got a lot of demand. So if you do think that you might want to send your dog to Mossy Pond, call them sooner rather than later. Yeah, call me um, and and get on the list. It's not a time frame wise. We have a big turnover. We have a lot of um, gun dogs and stuff that, you know, rolling in and out of the kennel. So their openings are coming up and regularly but definitely call me and get on the list make sure that when you when it is time to come that you have that spot it's just so exciting i i am so excited to say i've got a dog in training i miss that life i miss the four o'clock mornings and headed to the kennel and waking up and man in the in the in the middle of it it becomes redundant and the barking and all that like you end up being like for real but then when it goes away god you miss it so much Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Well, I can't Absolutely. wait. I, I can't wait to see where this takes us, where the ladies events go. So if you're listening and you are interested in coming to one of our events, definitely follow Anna V Outdoors um, underscore on Instagram. It's Mossy Pond Lodge on Instagram. You will find all the details as they unfold there. We are working out dates as we speak. And um, we're looking at doing a minimum of one a quarter. So based on season is what you're going to get. So there's no way we're going to have women come down there and not be um, cocktails in the cattails. That's what I already told. I already named that one. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to be there at that fire pit watching somebody run some watermarks. There you go. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. So that's going to happen. And then in the summers we're going to do, um, we'll definitely do dog work. We'll do intro to shooting clinics or, or, you know, advanced shooting clinics, but throughout the season, I cannot wait to get down there and do a pheasant hunt. Come on. Yeah. That'll be so much fun. Well, thank you for coming on. We're going to do this probably every other week. Lee's going to come on. We're going to get into details. We're going to talk about shooting. We're going to talk about running your dog. We're going to talk about genetics. We're going to educate you from the ground up about all the details that make our world go round. And you might be a rookie right now, but by the time that you listen to us for six months, you're going to feel like you've been here a long time. Very good. Very good. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Anne. Anytime, Lee. I can't wait to see you. We'll be down there soon. And smooch littles for me. I'll give her a little. I'll tell you, God. <laughs> I'll tell you. All right. See you soon. Thank you, ma'am.